Hi, welcome to Cowgirl Artists of America's podcast, a podcast dedicated to Cowgirl artists. I'm your host, Megan Wimberly, and today I'm talking with one of our founding members, Elizabeth Dryden. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am from Texas. I've been doing art full-time for, I guess, ever since the pandemic, COVID took my day job away. So I've just been doing my art, which was what I've always wanted to do. And I love the Southwest. I went to college in Tucson, Arizona, and I just fell in love with all the colors and the cactus and all the creatures and animals. And and I just started doing art in college. I graduated with a degree in art education and enjoy doing it more than I do teaching it. I'm glad I was able to make this work. (laughs) Yeah. So what were you doing before the pandemic hit? I worked in cosmetics for Neiman Marcus for the flagship store. I worked for a company there and I was still able to be creative with makeup, I guess, and skincare products and things like that. But my passion was always with art and it was nice to work that job as well because I feel like I was around more people that way and I could talk to them about my art and I was just in more of a social environment. So it was easier to connect with clients that way. And then I could show them my art and then it just gave me an extra platform to be around people. But since the pandemic, I've just been by myself working from home and painting from home and not really out in the public as much. Yeah. So were you painting or doing any art making while you were working before the pandemic? Yes, it was like two full-time jobs. I would work and then I'd get off around six and then I'd go to my studio and I'd work there until like midnight or one o'clock. And I did that pretty much every day. So I was always working. (laughs) Yeah. Were you showing your work anywhere during that time? Yes. I showed my first show when I went started going down this Western art route. I found my niche that I wanted to focus on. And I had a show in the Dallas Design District at a gallery called Sync. And it was an interesting experience. It was more of a modern art gallery. And I just kind of decided that I needed to be really careful about where I showed my work and who the audience was and ask myself, do I fit into this gallery as much as as much as I want to be in this gallery? Is my work something that would sell there? Is, is the audience there at that gallery? Because I feel like every gallery kind of has its own clientele and personality and you just need to notice if your work is in line with what they are what they have there yeah for sure I think sometimes artists can just think like they want to get in any gallery and they don't think about that but anything from like the genre of art that the gallery has to even like the quality of art in it like if you're just starting out it's going to be really hard for you to get into a high-end gallery whereas if your career is more advanced like going into a little boutique gallery that sells clothes and things too may not be the best option for you and so being really strategic about where you're showing your work whether it's a gallery or an exhibition is such an important thing yeah and i started with coffee shops i felt a little nervous about putting my art out there at the very beginning when i first started creating art, I guess this was like 2007 or 2008, I was living in Washington state and I had a lot of people asking for pet portraits. And I saw I was doing a lot of those, but then I started doing some things that were just for me. And it was really nerve wracking, putting it out there at the beginning and just you're putting your, being very vulnerable and putting your art out for everyone to see. And so I started at coffee shops. There was this coffee shop. I was living in Washington State at the time. And there was this little coffee shop by the campus of Washington State University. And I had 
they had asked if they could show some of my work and I was just like, oh my gosh. So I would go sit in there and like have a cup of coffee and hear people's like reactions to my paintings. And it was very helpful to me just because I was the only one seeing this. And then to have an audience really, I don't know, sparks, I don't know what to say. Having an audience really, or having a different eye, having people with different viewpoints, looking at your art and being able to talk about it and hear uncandidly what they have to say was really helpful to me. Yeah. Did you hear anything? Obviously you heard positives, but did you hear anything that was negative? Yeah, I had done this series in college where we were supposed to exaggerate a body part. And <laughs> I always felt like I had a big butt. So I exaggerated like big butts on people. It was like really stylized, like people, it wasn't Western art, but it was just this study basically that I did in college. And put it out there for people and it really got a reaction. It was either all good or all bad. It was no in between with this, with this series that I did, but it was really fun to just hear reactions and you have to learn how to have thick skin because your art's not going to be for everyone. A lot of people just like abstract or a lot of people just like realism and people that they like. And I feel like that's based on people's life experiences. I went to college in Tucson, so I really like the desert, but somebody from... I don't know, Georgia might not have that same connection to a cactus and an owl or just it's different and everyone's from different walks of life. And so you have to understand that and not get offended when someone doesn't have a, something nice to say. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, do you have, cause sometimes it's good to take negative feedback, right? Like we can make oh, yeah. from it. And then sometimes it's like, you're talking about, that's fine. It's just not your style, but it's mine. And I love it. Is there, how do you distinguish, this is something I'm going to think about for a little bit and consider versus, oh, that's just that person's, for you, when is it that you pick up that comment and think, oh, I'm going to think about that? I guess under the source, maybe like what is, is this person just saying they don't like it because they don't like it? Or do they have reasons or do they have like certain, can they talk about why, or is it just a feeling or just, I've had people love a piece and then someone else will say oh I don't like the colors of that one or it's just all kind of personal preference and just consider the source and where it's coming from and there have been people throughout my journey that have I don't they've been not very positive like I've had my work in a few art galleries where I guess it wasn't a good fit and there's some jealousy there, some rivalry between artists and just some drama and there was some negative feedback but I think it was just out of spite or just out of a place that wasn't positive critique, constructive criticism. So if it's a constructive and you can grow from it, I would listen, I would think about it and think, okay, but if it's just to brag, bring you down or make you feel a certain way, then, you know, you can distinguish between the two or try to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so this series that you've been working on lately, you've been doing like personified animals, like different sorts of Western characters of animals when did that start that I've always painted animals I always feel connection to animals I feel like they can symbolize a lot of different things and I did a show this year in Jackson Hole Wyoming and I just went it was weird like they just kept coming these ideas just kept coming to me I did one I did a jackalope with a, a blanket on and it was an animal head with wearing the blanket and with feathers. And I just, I don't really know where it came from, but I just was really concentrating on the colors and the animal. And then I did a bear and then I did, and I just kept going and going. And at the end I had seven pieces and they all ended up doing really well. And I had a lot of good feedback on those. And are you still doing collage elements on the, on these? Yeah. So I have a few pieces behind me. Let's see, let me grab one. 
So this guy, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but. So this is a bison and he is dressed like a cowboy and he's holding a beer and he's <laughs> holding a saddle. So just for people on the podcast, so they know what you're holding up yeah. there. So a lot of it's paints, but then I also paint on paper and cut the paper out and put it on the piece. And down here, you can see the cactus and there's a little mm. cardboard that I put on. So it's got some dimension to it besides just the paint. On the animals that I did for the Wyoming show, I didn't. I just strictly used paint on those. So I've been experiencing experimenting with some different so I get it in the past I always did mixed media which was just paper and cardboard and different like gold leaf and different mediums with my paint yeah your pieces have a tendency to be so textural the piece you had at that cowgirl gathering it just jumped off the canvas it was so <laughs> thick it's very cool so we're going to talk about you had a really successful year last year but I before we hop into what you did last year I'm curious on your journey as an artist were there ever times that you doubted yourself or you're like oh I'm not going to be able to do this or whatever it was and you thought about giving up and what caused that and how did you get past that yeah I think that happens probably to every artist but definitely for me I've had a struggle with um just keeping the faith I guess you have to believe in yourself before other people will believe before other people will believe in you I guess my faith in God like this past year has just been like really strong and it's nice to believe in something that kind of keeps you grounded so that whatever like knocks you down the finances has been a scary thing for me because I'll have one month that I do great and the next month I don't know where my money's going to come from or what painting's going to sell so I just have to really focus on having faith and seeing the big picture other than getting bogged down in the emotional side of it and just keep the course but it can be challenging for sure yes it can be very scary in a lot of ways when you take that big leap. And I think a lot of artists early on to struggle with just their self-confidence or developing their style, but you have clearly really developed a style. People, when they see their work, your work, they're going to know that is Elizabeth Dryden's work. And so you've really developed that. And so this last year, you did a few shows for the first time. Is that right? Yeah. So I actually had something that really helped me at the beginning of last year. I went went to a class. It was like a business development class that another artist friend of mine invited me to. And it wasn't just for artists. It was for every kind of business owner. And they were actually really helpful to me. I just went to one of the sessions, but I was like, wow, I can really incorporate all of this into my art business. So if you think of it like just as a business, because I think a lot of artists think of it just as, oh, I want to create and make art. I don't want to do any of the business side, but that's half of it. <laughs> so if you want to do, if you want to be a full-time artist, you really have to focus on the business side of it too. And this was just about setting goals for yourself and how to achieve those goals and how to treat it like a nine to five job. And you really have to be consistent and like dedicated to that and not get distracted by other things. I feel like I have all this free time now to do art and it's easy to just be like, oh, I can go to lunch with this friend today or I can go do this and then not just get sidetracked and so I really tried this year to stay focused on what I needed to get done every day so I have a calendar <laughs> that I have to have like a physical calendar that I write everything down like every day like that I can see because I'm a visual person I have to see it and write it down and feel it in my hands so that's been really helpful just to outline my day every morning when I get up and then the coach also said that it's really good to every year, try to incorporate three new things into your 
the way that you are promoting yourself to the public. So for me, I was fortunate enough to have several opportunities to be creative and getting my work out in front of a different audience than I did the previous year. So this year, I really focused on doing email blasts once a month. And it's like a blog like just email about keeping up with your clients, like keeping a clientele list and staying connected with them because a lot of people will be repeat clients and they'll come back. They like their painting. They want another one or they'll tell somebody else about you and it just snowballs from there. So it's really important to stay in touch with your clients and have a relationship with them. I feel like so that's these email blogs have been a good way to have a list of all your clients' emails and send them something every month just so that they know what you're doing and where they can find you if you're having a show so they can come to it. So that was one thing that was really helpful. And another thing was stepping out and doing some more shows, festivals. I remember, gosh, I guess it was this... Um, what, what, it was the summertime. I was really slow and I wasn't really, there wasn't much going on. I was just using that time to create, but I wasn't really selling anything during that time. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do something. So I started signing up for some local festivals, some local things on the weekends. Or I went out to this festival in Allen, Texas, which is like an hour away from me. And I just tried, I set up a booth there and that was, that ended up making my month. So you just never know if you try something different, like as often as you can and some things work and some things don't, but then you know the following year what to keep doing and maybe not do the ones that don't work the next year. And then let's see what else. And then I also had an opportunity this year to do boots. So this was a really cool thing to, to create cowboy boots. Oh, that's cool. I must have forgotten that. I love those. So this was a Dixon boot company asked me to do their women's yellow rose, a Texas boot. So that was a really cool thing that put me on a different audience level. And so in every boot they are put that sells, they're putting a little insert about me and then my little bio on the back. And then this is the, they have a little insert with the yellow rose of Texas boot, which is the one that I designed. Oh so God, that are, way, you, are you going to bring this to Art of the Cowgirl? Yeah, I'm going to. They're going to give me, I think, like an order form and a pair so people can see them. But they're really nice boot. Like they're really all leather. So I'm excited to see where this boot thing goes. I'm supposed to meet with the owner tomorrow and he's going to give me some more of like handouts and things. And I think the pair of boots, but maybe he can, I'll ask him if he can bring me two pair. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So that was basically all I was saying, but it's just being creative in the ways that you can get your work out to different people, like to different audiences. It's something I try to plan out the beginning of the year. So it's January and I'm trying to think of different ways, like three more ways I can get to different people during the year of 2023. Okay. I don't want to forget to talk about the Western Design Conference, but it's funny that you bring this up. And one of the funny things is like, I do a big thing at the beginning of the year also to plan. And like, part of the reason I started CGA and part of why the way we do things is because a lot of artists don't realize it's a business. And that's a huge thing is teaching artists how to run their business and have a planning workshop in there. It'll be up for any member can go in and look at it, but we just did a meeting for it last night. And it's the planning system that I use that's I developed it more for my creative brain. And it's been so helpful for me. And it includes the solid calendar stuff, but then it's also tapping oh, cool. into your creativity and your intuition. So it's I want to take this little rabbit trail is what I'm saying about the productivity and the calendar. If you don't have a calendar and you don't set your goals at the beginning of the year, you just it's like 
saying, hey, let's go on a road trip, but then you don't have any plan. Like you don't pack your, like you just throw some things in the car and you just cross your fingers and hope, and you might end up in a super sketchy spot or you might Mm -hmm. end up in the desert with no gas and you don't know. And you also might end up in the beach and it's lovely, but you didn't plan for that and you just got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I think planning is a big part of it. And the business side is pretty much half of it. It's you got to do the marketing and you got to stay connected with your clients. And then you got to create the art. (laughs) You got to sell the art. You got to find the places to go. And yeah, so it's really nice to have everything just in one place, like kind of just a guide or a roadmap, like you said, that you can refer to like some mornings I'll wake up and I have no clue what's on my agenda and I'll go get my book. I'm like, oh yeah, so makes it easier. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever have a hard time sticking to your goals or your schedule? Yeah. If I don't do something like I'll circle it, like, and then I'm like, I can go tomorrow and be like, oh yeah, I didn't do that one. So I try to at least get it. If I don't do it one day, get it in some, someday. (laughs) What's one of your biggest goals for this year? My biggest goal, I think again, is going to add, try to add in three different ways, figure out three, like this cowgirl art gathering show that's coming up in Arizona. That is something new that I've never done before. So that's one one platform that I'm going to have different this year that I didn't have last year. And I'm trying to come up, I'm actually doing that today. I'm coming up with my roadmap for 2023 and got to think of two more big things that are di- going to be different this year than last year that I'll try to do. So yeah, there's there's a thing called Zapplication. I'm sure you're, everybody's hopefully aware of that, but that's where you can apply to festivals, different art festivals every spring. And usually the spring and the fall all over the United States. I did one out of state last year, which was the Jackson Hole, Wyoming, the Western Art and Design Conference. And so this is my first one out of state. This year is the Arizona coming up on the 18th through the 23rd. So just seeing what works and what doesn't and to plan things out. (laughs) Yeah. And for those that don't know, Art of the Cowgirl, we're partnering with them to do their first quick draw this year. And so CGA will be out there at the booth. And the first two days, there will be um, several artists who are completing a painting in two days. And they're allowed to start it up to a certain percentage, like before they arrive, but then they're finishing it over those two days. And then those pieces will be auctioned off in the silent auction. And part of it will support the fellowships, which Art of the Cowgirl provides these fellowship opportunities for and fellowship in like the traditional, like tech technical skill sense, like learning from a professional. And so part of it will fund that. And then part of it will go back to supporting CGA's things as well. So we have Yeah, we have such a wonderful community around us and so many people really working to support the Western arts and now really supporting female artists too. And one of our board members is one of the master artists. So she's a boot maker, Lisa Sorrell. And so she's, yeah, she's incredible. But okay, so the Western Design Conference. I've always been curious about that one. I haven't had the opportunity to do it, but it's a huge event, right? Yeah, it was a big, it was actually in a hockey rink that they made into this big conference area. And there was a bunch of booths, all kinds of makers, I guess you could call them. There was furniture makers, just really unique, like things that they had jewelry. There was a couple artists there. there I think I was maybe one out of five visual artists like on canvas and then there was some pottery there was someone that was making chandeliers I don't know if you've ever seen a Tiffany lamp before but Uh they were basically making Tiffany chandeliers with antlers like coming through them it was just 
so yeah, what is her name? I think I, Do you remember her name? I don't. It was a husband and wife. I don't remember their names, but gosh, they there was just some beautiful, lots of beautiful things there. Also, I wanted to say something about supporting each other. So like this is actually an artist. So I don't know if she's a cowgirl artist of America, but she does. She's in the Western Gallery. And then I didn't know if Diana Dawn joined, but I was telling her about you guys. But uh-huh. she has these like embroidery hats. Oh my gosh, those are so cool. And I just told her I wanted like a red tail hawk and like a mm-hmm. desert scene. And she did this for me. So I always, when I wear it, like I always try to tag like other art if I'm wearing someone's shirt or hat or just to support each other. Yeah, for um, sure. And I think that is so true. It's easy to feel like we're in competition with each other really we're not and so like the idea that we are all here there's enough to go around and we're here to support each other and lift each other up and like I have found that some of the artist groups are the best for networking and the artists will buy each other's work and they're there to support and that was something that really was important to CGA and I think that we've developed that people are just so willing to share advice or to encourage each other and like you're doing like wearing things from other artists and things like that like all ships rise together sort of thing. Yeah. And I think it's just like networking with each other and supporting each other because I might have a client that's bought in a piece of mine and maybe she wants a different artist. She wants to buy a piece from someone else. And then I can refer another cowgirl artist to her or the whole group and she can, it's just, it snowballs. And so it really does benefit you if you support and other artists. Yeah. The cowgirl gathering, I, one of my best collectors, I texted her and I sent her a picture of somebody's art and I was like, I think you'll love this. Yeah. And then you get to know their style too. And then it just increases your relationship with your client because they, they trust you and they know that you're not just trying to sell them your stuff you, that you want to share, which is great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So the Western Design Conference is super huge. Were you intimidated about going to it? I was scared to death because I was taking a big risk. And that was one thing that I wanted to mention was risk taking. Like you really have to take risks if you're going to get, if you're going to advance and they can be really scary. And that's why I was saying like, it's nice to have a faith, like something to keep you grounded in case it doesn't work out. At least you can, it, you won't crumble, but I was scared to death because I was spending a lot of money. (laughs) I was driving across country with all of my art. I had no idea what to expect. I had never done it before, but I knew that Jackson Hole was a good area. I knew that there was people up there that liked to buy art. I knew that I would be something different and unique among the other people there with, because my art is quite different. Um, It's more kind of a Western feel than the mountainous feel. So I thought that might be a good fit. So I just tried it and I had heard that it was a good place. People enjoyed going. And so my mom was nice enough to come with me. So I wasn't totally alone and we get there and it was actually very well organized. It was the smoothest show that I've ever had to set up. They already had the booths already, like they were wooden, but they were already there. Like they had already made all everyone's booth. You chose what color paper that you wanted your booth to be so I chose dark gray and then you just hung it basically you just used screws and hung all your pieces and they had dollies they had people there to help you if you needed someone to hold a painting or it was just very helpful everybody helped each other it was like a real feeling of community like when I left that show I like was sad to leave all the friends that I had made there and 
everybody was very encouraging and helpful. And like I was saying earlier, I have done art with different galleries, which was the real competitive nature. It, nobody helped each other. It was trash talk or snootiness or jealousy, I guess is what it boils down to is insecurities. But it was just an amazing show. It was really fun. And everyone was really encouraging and helpful. And I made a lot of great contacts there. And that's the thing about trying new things is you never know where it will lead. You might meet somebody like I actually met somebody at a different show, the big Texas barbecue event that is held every year here at Fair Park, where they have the Texas State Fair. They have a big barbecue fest and it's for charity. So I've had a booth out there for the past couple of years. And this lady next to me told me about this show, the Western Art and Design Conference. She, You've got to do that. So I would have never known about it unless things just snowball. And if you can take note and keep up and just see where it leads you, you just, it'll keep growing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that community is so important. I actually just did an interview, like a little online interview with someone. And that's one of the things was like, what is something that many artists don't know that is so important? And that was the thing. One of the main things I said was community. You don't realize yeah. how important your art community is. And I always give a little plug to Oklahoma City, which you not many people think of Oklahoma City as like an art place, but it actually has a really thriving, vibrant art community that's really well supported, supported in the Paseo Artists Association and OVAC. So if anybody's in Oklahoma, I can like personally recommend both of those, but they were two communities that it just like light bulb moment. It is important to be with your art community. And I think before you're in the community, it does feel more like competition. But then when you yeah. start getting in there and you start making friends, you just realize these are your people. And yeah, yeah it's such a wonderful thing to have. So everybody, we recommend joining Cowgirls of America, but there's so many good local communities and just like even, and even being a part of your local art community, because everybody starts somewhere and not getting too big for your britches where you can't like engage with people who aren't professionals because the love of art is such a beautiful thing to share. Exactly. Yeah. Stay humble and just, you never know if like what we were saying earlier with critiquing, I love it when someone gives me critique on my work because it really helps me see it from a different person's perspective. But if I'm only thinking, oh, I have it all together and I know what I'm doing, then it's hard to grow if you're not. And you just never know what's going to spark an idea. It may not even, that may not be the thing that sparks the idea, but maybe thinking about it, like it triggers some interesting little thought process and then you're like oh I could do this and I don't know why I don't know where what my thought is but just like being I think for me I grew up like being very judgmental against myself and others and the thing that I'm learning is one of the most powerful things in the world is changing judgment to curiosity. And so whether it's something somebody says to you, instead of making that a judgment against yourself or feeling it that way, just being like, huh, I wonder why that person thinks that. You can do with anything and it makes it so much easier to grow because in like judgment is like pushing you down. Whereas curiosity is like this kind of expansive thing and it's not heavy. You're just like thinking. Yeah, it's giving you a new perspective, which you can either hold on to or not. Yeah. And you and I had talked a little bit about this before, but something that I find curious, speaking of curiosity, is you sold a lot at the Western Design Conference, but you mostly sold it through your Instagram, right? Yes. And so that was one thing I wanted to say like about keeping in touch with your people or your clients. Social media has been great 
great. Like try to post every day, every other day. I, at first I was like, well, I'm posting too much or I'm getting on people's nerves or you just have to be confident and share and be passionate about it. And I tried to post, I post the whole journey, like the makings of each piece. And I think just going up there caused some stir, caused like some action. I try to keep active and keep action and doing things that are different will keep people's attention. And then I had clients from the past be like, oh, she's going, she's, I don't want her to sell those pieces. I got to buy them before she sells them. <laughs> and so I guess it creates a sense of urgency. If you're constantly trying to do something different, people will notice or it causes a causes some attention. But I wanted to share one other thing. I had made a list of like things like just to share about my la 2022. I don't know if you would want to cover this or not, but I got scammed. You got scammed? <laughs> and I wanted to I got scammed. Yes. Oh, no. um, and I know that can be frustrating for artists that have their livelihood online. For example, like Instagram, like what we were just talking about, social media can get hacked and then you have to start from scratch and start all over. I was trying to find someone that would do my SEO search words. I'm not good with my website. Like I, I that's one thing that this past year has forced me to really focus on learning for myself is how to post myself on my website and not use a, another company to do it because this company called me and said, I would love to put SEO words into your website. Cause I can tell it's not being seen by people. So I was like, that's something I was wanting to do. So yeah, let's do that. And then they were like, let's combine. Cause I had a website for my prints and a website for my originals. And they were like, let's combine that into one website. And then we'll do the search words on that one website. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So my bill just kept going up with these people and they were like okay we need to put the so people can check out on your website we need to put install that and that's another five hundred dollars and then we'll have oh, and originally it was just supposed to be this one-time fee of this one amount and of course they were from another country and it was really hard to communicate with them and I had no access to my website everything I had I wanted on it had to go through them and it was like, sometimes they take two weeks to post something or a new painting or something. And it was just really frustrating. And then I started getting really weird things happen. Like I had, I went to my website and it said virus across it, like on a banner. And I was like, I had never seen that on a website. And I called them and I was like, why does my website say virus? And they were like, oh, this happens sometimes your website got a virus. And I was like, that is really fishy because I didn't know that your website actually said virus if it had a virus. So I called a friend of mine that knows how to read code, read like website code. And he went on, got in the back end of it somehow and read. And it was like somebody had hard coded that virus thing on the front page of my website. And they were asking for $400 to get it removed, to get their virus removed. So I had to it was such a mess. Like it was just a nightmare. I had to get a whole new URL, have pay for a company to like basically copy my website and put it under the new URL. And then I had to learn how to do the web hosting and everything on my own. So it's, that took a lot of time <laughs> that I could have been creative oh, creating sure. art or doing other things. But I just wanted to warn artists to be really careful if people are approaching you to help redo your website or SEO, like I, I was told to, if companies are approaching you, it's probably not legit and maybe to do your own research and to find a company on your own that does a good job and not just one of these little small off companies, you know, 
it's hard to trust people these days. Yeah. And there's the same scam, email scams too that I've noticed throughout the last couple of years. It's almost verbatim, like word for word, each email that it's, hi, I'm trying to buy art. I noticed you're an artist and I'm trying to I, buy art for my wife's anniversary. It's always like wife's anniversary. And it's like, I have this amount to spend and it's usually three to $5,000. And do you have any artwork? And so I fell for that once and I um, took the time. I put this whole price sheet together with images and sent it, emailed it back. And we were in correspondence and he actually ended up giving me somebody's credit card. And so I rang the art up and was about to send the art, but something was just really weird. Cause they, the address that they were wanting to be sent to was different than the address of the card on file. So I found, and the name was different too. So I contacted the name on the card I found their information online and I called them and they were like no we're not trying to buy any art like so I found out it was a complete scam so you just have to really be careful and I feel like they prey on artists and artists don't know because they're so excited about selling something that they will fall for it so just be careful that was one of my 2022 horror stories yeah we actually we did an article it's on the blog on our website and just for people again like People are a little confused, but our website used to have all our member pages, and now our website is only the public facing, and our member platform is actually totally different. So, like when you log into yours, you're gonna have to create a new login because it's a totally different page. Okay. But we on the blog, you can go like the public blog on the CalvaryArtistsOfAmerica.org. There's one on scams, and it talks about the ones targeting artists, and they do because artists, especially artists earlier in their career, they get so desperate because they're trying so hard to sell their work and then you ignore red flag but typically nobody's gonna approach you with as vague of language as those scammers do it's funny because they'll message me on Calgary Artists of America and they'll be like I love your art what <laughs> like we post a lot of art, but it's not my art. Typically, people who are really interested in your art, they've looked through your page. They're going to say, oh, I really liked that. The bison that was the cowboy, do you still have that? Or do you, can I commission you to do one similar? And certainly people can still scam you at that point. But that's why it's so important to have contracts. And you don't have to accept checks. You can only, and if you're going to do a commission, take 50% up front and have a really yeah. solid, you don't refund that. Recently, somebody had contacted me that was obviously a scam. And I was just curious what would happen if I said, so I just very strictly said the price is 575 a square inch and I can send you a contract. You'll have to pay me 50% before I get started. And they never messaged me back again. And, yeah. and so sometimes I think they can tell whenever you've got your stuff together and they're like, oh, this person's not going to be worth my time. But yeah. it is easy to get caught up. There's just so many and they're getting more and more clever with mm-hmm. the way that they do it. Yeah, so. especially like with the computer stuff, like the website stuff. I mean, that that got me because I really don't know how to read code. And I don't know. I was just wanting to get the SEO, get it seen by more people, get my website seen by more people. But I had to get a new email address. They had my bank account number because they were linking it, linking how people could check out to that. And so it was just oh my like, gosh, so they could have, they could still be like taking money from people on your website then. Right. I have a whole new website now. It's funny. Cause I'm sure like if we all pulled together, we probably all had the same scams. It's probably, it's almost like word for word, the same. Oh, and I've gotten yeah. an email multiple times. Yeah. Well, I read somewhere they were like, there's an article about why are the scam emails and some are better written and a little bit seem a little more convincing than others but they were like why are they all the same or why are some of them very obviously like scams and they're like all this misspelling and weird language and stuff and 
the article I read said that it was part of the tactic because once you know that it's a scam, they don't want to waste their time with you. And so if they continue to use the same thing over and over, then anybody who gets drawn in is somebody who doesn't understand that that's what it is. So it weeds out the people who do understand that's what it is. I see. And they usually have two first names too, like John Tracy. It's funny. I've never noticed that, but that is a lot. (laughs) The poor guy who's actually trying to buy art for his wife's anniversary is never going to get anywhere. Any parting words of wisdom? Not really. I guess just go out and create and be confident and enjoy 2023 and make it a good year. It's up to you. And I hope to see you guys at different shows throughout the year. Yeah. And where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Dryden Fine Arts. They can find me on my website, which is now ElizabethDrydenFineArt.com and Facebook, Elizabeth Dryden Fine Art. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Megan. Good to see you. Bye.